Ladies and gentlemen, kicking off the first stop on his world tour, our new president and prophet, Russell M. Nelson. You say you want some revelation. Well, here you go. It's gonna blow your freaking mind. Hey, brothers and sisters, welcome to the weekly Mormon News Roundup, where Dives and Al ruminate on the great and spacious beehive. So this is uh, for July 10th, 2022, episode number 15. I'm going to give you a quick summary here. Join us as we review the brief but short and storied history of the Mormon News Roundup. So uh, yeah, we've been at this for a few months and we're going to uh, do a quick review of uh, where we've come from and a um, little bit more of where we're going because we've got some interesting new ways to interact with the hosts and we we're going to react to Hulu's Mormon No More, episode number three. We're going to take a look at a stunning $4.6 billion court judgment that went in favor of some Mormon fundamentalists in Mexico against a drug cartel. And we're also going to investigate the website that turns all dead Mormons gay. Dives, are you ready for this? I am excited. <laughs> I am thrilled to be here. Now, I say this every single week. Al, but uh, I, I'm not kidding. This is going to be a great week. I do want to start off a new segment that we have for this week, and it's mm-hmm. going to be the Mormon joke of the week. Okay, so yep. it's a new segment that uh, that we're going to alternate between the hosts. Okay, are you ready for yep. this? Here we are. All right. Why did the Mormon cross the road? Um, I'm going to venture a guess to get to church. To get to the other bride. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to insert some laughter into that. I'm not sure. I'm going to work on uh-huh. it. <laughs> okay, so let's do some follow-ups, Al, from the previous weeks. Now, uh, this week I got a message from a listener, Al, um, that uh, tweeted a screenshot of Mormon Stories. You know the Mormon Stories podcast, probably yeah. the famous podcast out there, John yeah, DeLynn. Yeah, John DeLynn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a couple days ago, the Mormon Stories podcast on Facebook posted a uh, uh, posted a, a, a Facebook posting that said, mm-hmm. big news, California is requiring Mormon church to conduct background checks on uh, any leaders that have any contact with children. And this is big news two days ago, right, Al? This, this is big news, um, but it's, it sounds oddly familiar. Yeah, we covered that, I think, in episode <laughs> eight. This is mm-hmm. five-week-old news, Al. <laughs> this is your big news. You are five weeks late to the party, Mormon yeah. stories. So this is why, Al, they need to leave. Uh, let Mormon Stories do the big in-depth, mm-hmm. uh, seven-hour uh, face-melting, brain, uh, brain-numbing uh, pod, uh, interviews mm-hmm. and leave the uh, Mormon news to the professionals. Right, Al? Yeah. I mean, it, when it comes to, to podcasting, I, I think we have a really good uh, – we have we fill a really good niche here. We we don't get too thick into it with our listeners, but we also give them the the real juicy tidbits. We we go into the stuff that maybe is a little bit more embarrassing or a little bit more controversial. Um, yeah, with regards to the LDS Church and all, all of Mormonism. So you know, I, you know. I I like John DeLynn. I like the Mormon Stories uh, podcast. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little bit tongue in cheek here, but we mm-hmm. are the pros. If you want Mormon news, yeah. this is your source. Okay? Absolutely. Now, also, Al, we uh, are putting up more Patreon content. We did a behind mm-hmm. the scenes for this week of ep- this is episode 15 of the Mormon News Roundup. This mm-hmm. July. 10th 2022 we did a behind the scenes of of how the show gets made so what did we put out on patreon this week al all right so up on patreon this week we've started um 
you know, well, let's see, for a few weeks now, we've had our interviews with each other where we talk about our own personal lives and our own uh, histories with uh, regards to um, how we came to be where we're at. Um, but that, that's all you got for joining our Patreon. Uh, now we figure, you know, we, we want to give our listeners a little bit more. Uh, so we've decided to do our pre-show uh, discussions. We've recorded those and we're putting those up on uh, Patreon as well. So you get to listen in to uh, myself and my co-host Dives talk about uh, what we're going to do on the show and the pre-show flow and decide. You, you might even find out that we've uh, cut some interesting stories that maybe you were really interested in. So as we go through this, um, you might even learn more that you want to delve into. Yeah, so head on over to patreon.com backslash Mormon News Roundup, and you can unlock more Patreon content. We're going to be adding new content there every week going forward. Now, we also all enabled, I figured out how on Anchor, we enabled the voicemail option. So if you listen to this podcast on Spotify or on Anchor, you now have the option of sending us an actual voicemail. So now we can get voicemails in addition to hate emails, Al. Yes, we can. So, yeah, send us your hate mails and, you know, do your best uh, Al impersonation, um, you know, tell, <laughs> telling people that I wet my diaper or something. And, yeah, put, put that up there. Yeah. <laughs> also, Al, I also managed to figure out how to uh, uh, enable Anchor listening support. So if you're listening to this on Anchor, uh-huh. at the bottom of every episode, you can click a link and you can support the podcast that way. Now, I just did want to real quick talk about what our most famous episodes are so far. Mm-hmm. and. Our, our podcast is available on quite a di- uh, quite a number of different uh, platforms. Everything mm-hmm. from uh, Apple, uh, uh, you know, everything from Apple yeah. Podcasts, which is about mm-hmm. half of our listenership, to Spotify, to the web browser on our website, to Podcast Addict, to Twitter. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's it's really all uh, you know a lot of different ways to listen to this podcast. But our number one episode, Al. Uh, now, do you know the answer to this? By the way, um, I, I know what the answer was uh, last time I checked, which was a few weeks ago what do you think is our number one episode is it still the premiere of under the banner of heaven yes yes hulu's number five episode five is um hulu's miniseries under the banner of heaven that remains our number one episode Mm -hmm. our number two episode is byu contraception crisis and the black menaces and our third highest uh viewed uh episode is our pilot yep Okay, so let's look a little bit about our analytics too. 94% of the people who listen to this podcast are in the United States, but we also have listeners from the Netherlands, Canada, France, United Kingdom, Germany, Australia, Portugal, Trinidad, and Tobago, and a bunch of other places. About 60% of the people who listen to this podcast are male. Uh, about 40% are not. And mm-hmm. most of the people who listen to this podcast are between the ages of 28 and 60. Mm-hmm. Now, we also, in our show notes, I figured out how to streamline our links as well so that they become hot links. I hyperlinked them. And we also added hashtags to all of our previous episodes. So we're getting this thing. Um, we're, we're really cooking, Al. Wow. Now even the kids can find us. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. bet. <laughs> uh, any other follow-ups from last week? I don't think so. I think we're ready to delve right into it. Okay, wonderful. Now, our first article is uh, quite a doozy here. So this is published on July 8th, 2022, and it's from Vice.com and uh, the Vice World News. And the uh, title of the news article is Court Orders Mexican Drug Cartel to Pay Mormon Families $4.6 billion After Desert Massacre. Wow. That is quite a judgment, Al. Yeah, that, that would uh, certainly go a long way to getting Warren Jeffs out. 
Um, now, that, that's, <laughs> I assume that they need, still need to pay tithing on that. Is that correct, Al? I, I, one would assume. One would definitely assume. <laughs> that's going to be a lot of tithing, Al. Okay. Now, yeah. uh, this is actually a serious, this is an unfortunate situation. This is nine women yeah. and children from the Miller Liberian and also the Johnson Langford families yeah. uh, were, were massacred about two, uh, back in November 5th, 2019, a yeah. Mexican drug cartel massacred a bunch of fundamentalist Mormons. Now, Al, these were not members mm. of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I watched a, the complete Vice documentary on them. They considered themselves Mormons. They called themselves Mormons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know that the church would like to have the, uh, you know, try to copyright that and say, hey, we're the only ones who can call people Mormons, but these people yeah. are themselves Mormons too. Yeah, and that, that's been kind of the funny relationship with uh, the LDS church and that uh, moniker is they, they well, ever since 2018, they hate the moniker. They really have tried to skirt away from it, get, you know, and do away with it, but it's uh but then again they also want to own it they also want to be the only churches considered the mormons when people talk about the mormons um so i i think going back to i think it might have been our very first episode i still like where i define the term mormon as anybody who ascribes to the teachings of joseph smith i think that's really the most fair and uh, direct way to um to define who is and who is not mormon yeah, you bet, you bet. Now, in this uh, particular uh, tragic situation, uh, the nine people died, and they filed suit uh, in 2019. They filed suit. They chose the municipality of North Dakota to file their federal lawsuit in, and uh, and they were given 1.5 billion dollars as a judgment against the Juarez cartel. Now, they did the yeah. Juarez cartel. They didn't even defend themselves. They didn't send lawyers. They didn't do anything. And according to the uh, Federal Anti-Terrorism Act, any mm-hmm. uh, any financial reimbursements are automatically tripled. So this is going to be a four point six million billion billion with a B mm-hmm. judgment against uh, this cartel. So if uh, you know Mexico or if the United States in the future were to seize assets from this cartel, they could potentially be seeing a huge payout to this uh, to these fa- uh, Mormon families. Yeah, if they if they could figure out a way to enforce that, then they would have a huge payday. Yeah, so there's been a lot of bad. So you know, the Mormon colonies were started way back in like the you know what was that mm-hmm. the 1870s I think 1870s 1880s. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. They sent you know the the you know President uh, Taylor at the time the president of the Church of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. of Latter Day Saints when he was getting a lot more pressure about you know uh, Utah was a territory at the time, and they were getting mm-hmm. a lot of pressure saying if you continue to practice polygamy then we're going to seize your assets any asset that's worth more than forty thousand dollars is going to be seized you're never going to never going to achieve statehood John mm-hmm. Taylor for half of his presidency he was on the run uh, I mean it was a lot of a lot of bad things happening to. Uh, to the to to the church during that time, so they sent Mormon fundamentalists mm-hmm. to continue polygamy because you know Joseph Smith thought that polygamy was the you know was necessary for the celestial kingdom. That's right. And so they said, well, we have to perpetuate polygamy, and the best way to do that is to send them down to uh, uh, near Ho- uh, La Lina, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mexico, and that's where these Mormon fundamentalists uh, started. Yeah, exactly. They uh, this was also about the same time that they started sending. Um, people up to like uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the church was trying to branch out and establish some stakes uh, to the tent as it were. And I believe that's exactly how they did this defined it. So yeah, they, they sent uh, people down to Mexico and they also sent people up to Canada 
And that's where these, um, you know, strong Mormon, uh, or yeah, strong Mormon holdouts and, uh, or what, what start Mormon centers. That's what I would say. Strong guys. That's where they came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Mitt Romney's father was born near mm-hmm. this uh, compound, which is near La Mora, Sonora, Mexico. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mitt Romney's father, you know, the, the presidential candidate and, uh, your Senator, right Al? Uh, yeah, that's right. I knew he had ties to it. I couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly how far back it went. Yes. His, his father was born there. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe, I'm sorry, maybe it was his grandfather. Either way, his, he, yeah. he has ties to this. Now, after uh, the church renounced polygamy uh, sort of unofficially in 1890 and then pretty much officially mm-hmm. after about, say, 1910, mm-hmm. they mostly recalled those uh, Mormon fundamentalists since they said, hey, we're, we're giving, it, giving the practice up. And they mostly recalled them. So the people who were left behind in those uh, areas, including this one, they um, – a lot of them wanted to continue with polygamy, even though the church said, you know, you're going to have to give it up. So yeah. they, they, they kind of started offshoots and, and they kind of splintered. Yeah. It, around the early 1900s, you started to see a lot of that uh, that divide go in. Yeah. And at this so uh, at this particular location, this this area, the, the most uh, the leader who started this was Ervil Moral LeBaron. Okay. He was the leader of the polygamous uh, Mormon fundamentalist sect there, and he committed quite a few murders. Uh, in fact, this is this is who is known as the Mormon Mason or Manson, like Charles Manson. Oh, yeah. So he committed a lot of murders on his own. He committed 15 murders and his followers committed another 15 murders. He mm-hmm. was apprehended in Utah and he died in the uh, state penitentiary there in Draper in 1981. But the people who wow. were part of this judgment, they were part of his sect, which was known as the Church of the Firstborn of the Fullness of Times. That's and they were just really violent because they believed Al in blood atonement. Of course. So, I mean, taught by <clears throat> Brigham Young. It yeah. says that if someone else sins, then you can shed their blood, uh, and you're perfectly uh, allowed to do that. They believed that very strongly. They believed in polygamy, yeah. committed a ton of murders. They were very violent, and that's one reason that their their descendants, Al, these these are gun toting folks. And believe me, they did not yeah. get in. Uh, they did not get along with the cartel at uh-huh. all. No, you know? I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> That there's a lot of bla- bad blood between them and all of the Mexican cartels down there because they are gun-toting. You know, they they yeah. they're not afraid of anybody. Well, th- that explains a lot about this massacre because uh, yes, well, it was. It was, I mean, from what I was uh, reading over that there, it was really tragic. You had like uh, wives and children in these cars that were on the cars were on fire. Some of the kids burned to death. Yeah, but terrible. like they they shot anybody that was able to crawl out of the burning wreckage, and I mean it was it was tra- like uh, you you read about it and you're like oh my gosh I mean the cartels just went after these innocent people, uh sure you know innocent as far as wives and children are considered innocent but their husbands no these were uh these were gun toting uh, rowdies that were going after the cartel. Who believed so, in blood atonement and defending their own property? They were they yeah. you know, they didn't really they don't have allegiance to the Mexican government. They really are just kind of like mm-hmm. almost like sovereign citizens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, con- consider the way that uh, the uh, the FLDS Church in uh, Short Creek handles things. I mean, that's something that's uh, yep. fairly fresh on people's minds. This is very much the way that uh, that this group would behave towards the Mexican cartels and government. Is that they're independent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. think of, all the way back to Joseph Smith. He did not have a good relationship with the law. 
<laughs> and then when they uh, when the pioneers moved out to Utah, they did not have a good relationship with the government. Brigham Young nope. hated the government. John right. Taylor hated the government. The the church has always I know that the Article of Faith says that we believe in honoring its uh, Article of Faith eleven says we believe in uh, honoring and sustaining the law, mm -hmm. but the yeah. church history hasn't exactly uh, been, been doing that on a, on a high degree. No, they, they don't really define whose law it is that they're um, obeying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So even, even after Ervil LeBaron, even after he was apprehended, mm -hmm. his wives and his children continued to perpetrate murders. Even after he was in prison, up to 25 additional blood atonement murders were committed. So again, this is the family here, uh, the ancestry of this family. They, they, they weren't afraid to mix it up with anybody. And if you mess with them, you were in a lot of trouble. They, they clashed frequently with this cartel, and the cartel finally just said, we're going to try to make an example out of them. Now we have a $4.6 billion judgment against this cartel, and these are potentially becoming the wealthiest Mormons on the planet, Al. Yeah, like, like I said, if they can find a way to get the cartel to pay up, because, I mean, really, when it comes down to a judgment like this, it, of course the cartel didn't show up to court. Anybody that represented the cartel would have been immediately imprisoned. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really more symbolic the way that this is going to go down, um, than actual, you know, uh, financial, tr uh, exchange, I think. It's possible that the, um, you know, that the Mexican government or the U S government could find bank accounts that are associated with this cartel and seize those at some point. Yeah. You know, these cartels are worth a lot of money. So, um, I wonder what is going to happen, whether anybody's actually going to be, be able to collect any of this money. Who knows? Well, we'll keep an eye out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And if they end up getting some money, we'll let you know. You'll hear about it here. Absolutely. Uh, what about our, our next article, Hal, is uh, let me just give the summary of our forget the under that banner of heaven. There's another show that actually gets Mormon, the Mormon church. And this is episode three of the Mormon mm -hmm. No More episode. Yeah. This was published on July 2nd, 2022 by Haley Swenson. And this is Hulu's no Mormon No More shows why people become Latter-day Saints then leave. So let me just summarize the episode real quick. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts here. So there's three parts of this episode. First, there's the Sally's. Uh, Sally's family has an extended family reunion. Then, with their moms in tow, Sally and Lena try on distinctly non-Mormon outfits for their upcoming wedding. And then the third part was a gay Mormon confronts his former therapist who tried to change his sexuality. Um, what do you think of this episode, Al? I'll start off with what I think of it, because uh, the article, she, she you know, says that this was the best of all the, uh, of all the shows that are out there pertaining to Mormonism. I, 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 agree. I disagree with her, but anyway, I'll tell you what I think. Um, once again... Uh, I'm not all that enthralled with uh, Lena and Sally's story, uh, but I am really interested in the side stories. This uh, this young man who uh, was sent, actually sent himself. Okay, this is this is the really interesting. He sends himself to gay conversion therapy because he understands that you know the LDS Church doesn't teach that uh, homosexuality is natural, that it's a choice, that it's a, or rather even that it's a, a trial, it's a test, something that can be overcome. So he enlists the help of a, a conversion therapist that takes them on a 48-hour uh, weekend retreats with other men who are struggling with uh, same-sex attraction, and they all want to overcome this. So they go out into the, the woods and um, uh, get weird, if I uh, can say it that way. <laughs> There's, they, they want to have male touching without male sexuality. 
Um, and, and so that's what they're trying to do is satisfy the, the, um, that masculine craving just to have some, uh, you know, I, I guess that's one theory for, for why homosexuality is uh, a thing, but I fundamentally disagree with that too. Now, the, the interesting thing about this one, D-Base, is that the, um, the therapist himself comes out as gay and decides that he, you know, he leaves his wife and family. And this is after years and years of trying to do the gay conversion therapy with so many other people. The young man who uh, enlisted his help, he's, you know, has so much damage to deal with going back to that. And uh, they have a, a, a confrontation. They meet at a park and, the young young man says, how, how could you do this to me? And the guy says, well, you know, first off, I really want to apologize to you for what I did, you know, and the, the role that I played in your struggle and causing you all that pain. And they were able to get through it. But boy, that there was a lot of a there's a lot of expression that just brought so much uh, sympathy and empathy for this young man and, uh, you know, the people that had been taken into conversion therapy. And, you know, this, this isn't like the, the BYU basement uh, electroshock therapy that you'll hear about. This was just a, a therapist taking a bunch of uh, gay men out into the woods to say, well, this is how we're going to overcome those urges to, um, to act out sexually with other men. So, I mean, that was a, a real compelling story. Yeah, Lena, it was. Yeah, Lena and Sally, um, once again, I, I just look at their situation and I think, you, you guys kind of uh, put this out there on other people and then expect other people to just embrace you. Like, it, it's not going to rock their world. I mean, uh, Lena's, or not Sally, uh, Sally's parents, their LDS, her, her dad was a convert. And uh, he expresses himself and said, you know, this is where I joined the church from is I wanted people that I, that were happy. I wanted a happy family. I wanted to, you know, have a comfortable life with, with a good and happy family. And this is the only place that I saw that had it. And the and Sally's, you know, just like, well, you know, but you're tearing our family apart by, by this. And, you know, I, I, let's see. We talked a little bit, Dives, in our uh, pre-show um, that people can hear on Patreon about this. Where, when it comes to the support of the LGBTQ community, um, you know, uh, yeah, they, she definitely wants his support, and I think that uh, when it comes to uh, being part of the church, it's very difficult to say I support you while still paying tithing money. That's very openly being used to campaign against rights for LGBTQ people. Yeah, um, so that was what yeah. was brought up in the family reunion is that there was some tensions that were rising. Yeah. But after the family reunion, Lena's parents, they start wearing a uh, rainbow pin to church. Yes, they and do. I, th- I think that's just great. I mean, but I, I, I just, I need, I need the listeners out there and I need you to help me understand. By the way, uh, drop us a like, drop us a subscription if, you, if you're mm-hmm. listening to this and, and give us a comment. I need to understand how, how can Lena's mom consider herself an LGBTQ ally because that's what she says. Mm-hmm. I'm an ally for you. So I'm wearing this pin so that people mm-hmm. will church will know that they can come up to me and confide in me and trust in me. 
And I think that is a great sentiment, but I just mm -hmm. have a question about that, Al. And that's if, if you pay tithing to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or mm -hmm. don't, whether it's tithing, a donation, or whatever, yeah. some of that money is going towards anti-LGBTQ lobbying and legislation efforts. <laughs> and also, I, you're presumably sustaining church leaders who have said some really negative and hurtful things to the gay communities in times past, in mm -hmm. the very recent past, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so exactly. I, I just need to know, how can she say to someone who's gay or transgender at church, how can she say, hey, don't worry, you're safe with me, but I'm paying money to a corporation that is actively trying to deny you of your legal rights on the local and national level, and I sustain the leaders of the church who have said many harmful things to people in your community in the past. I mean, how does that work? Now, now there, it, it, one, sounds one very, it sounds very akin to somebody that's part of the Nazi party um, saying, hey, come to my house, Jews, and I will hide you. Well, I don't know if we can take it that far. That's a little far, but yeah. It's a, well, yeah. I, now, I don't know the whole situation. Is it possible that her mom does not pay tithing? Or, or that's the question. Or or maybe her mom, when it comes time to sustain the leaders, mm -hmm. and there's some that have had anti-gay rhetoric, she doesn't raise her hand to sustain those leaders. Now, yeah. that's possible. Now, if you are that person, you wear the pin. You don't pay tithing because you know that some of that will go towards anti-LGBTQ uh, efforts, and you don't sustain any leaders that have said negative things, then yes, you can be an ally. But I'm going to go out here on a limb, Al, and say that, you know what? I'll bet you a dollar for a donut that Lena's mom pays tithing and sustains her leaders. Yeah, because any, any member that uh, is an ally in that respect uh, is going to be hauled into the bishop's office for a, a little chat pretty quickly. Um, if you all of a sudden you stop paying tithing and all of a sudden, uh, you know, when they uh, sustain the church leaders and, uh, uh, you know, sacrament meeting and your hand goes up and opposed, uh, then, yeah, you can have a you can have a little chit chat with the bishop. He's going to want to know what's going on. And, you know, uh, th then I guess we'll see where the church stands with regards to, well, I'm going to support the LGBTQ community by not uh, financing the church and by not sustaining the leaders. Yeah, I just, I am puzzled. I need our listeners to drop us. In. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Come follow, um, find this show on Facebook or Twitter, or send us an email to colob at mormonnewsroundup.org. How can you yeah. be a uh, tithe-paying, uh, sustaining member of the church, and say that you're an LGBTQ ally? What am I missing here? What do I not understand? Because I don't understand how that works at all. I, I There's a... There's a, a lot of what um, the, the, for as long as it's been around the LGBTQ community. There's a lot of uh, different ideas that float around th throughout the community. Some people have been so hurt and so damaged by uh, cishet people that they don't want anything to do with cishet people. They actually want a segregated um, uh, world. You know, they they just want to to be free to march in uh, a parade that's exclusively LGBTQ people. Um, there's other people that say, well, we want our, our families to support us. So we want all of our um, right wing, uh, ultra religious cishet family members to come march alongside us in the parade. Well, then you've got two conflicting uh philosophies to conflicting desires at the same parade so you get you know people that are like well i'm trying to be supportive of my uh, brother or sister or my daughter my uh my son um and 
then you've got other people there they're like well you can't bring these hateful religious cishet people to our uh, our loving pride parade and it's uh you know then you got some problems so there i guess there needs to be a clear um like people that want support need to uh, also clarify what that support looks like to them what it means to them to be supported as well yeah, yeah. the last segment that we haven't so we've touched on two of the three segments and the, the actually a third of this episode was lena and sally trying on distinctly non-mormon outfits for their upcoming wedding um oh yeah I, <laughs> I guess, you know this i guess i'm just a man because um <laughs> so I, I guess there's nothing against that segment i guess it's just the fact that i'm a male and i, I just didn't it, do anything for me no you, you've got um you've got what is a, a quintessentially a very female moment i mean this is something that little girls especially lds little girls look forward to their entire lives um and, and it's going and picking out that wedding dress with mom um you know bear in mind that this is not the first time that they've gone to pick out a wedding dress with their mom it's just the first time that they've gone with both their moms together, and this is their second wedding. And I'll tell you, the lady that works at this dress shop, I don't know what kind of, like, kimono silk robe she's wearing. Uh, she looks like she's uh, it, she looks like she's wearing a silk bathrobe that's not tied. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it, it looks like she's about ready to just bust right out of this thing. It's, yeah, it did, it did. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> then... The the, the uh, Lena and uh, Sally they're looking at these wedding dresses like oh this is completely see through you know how do you hide anything and Lena's like oh you wear pasties over your nipples it's like well yeah, I guess so <laughs> yeah I mean that that's these that this segment is just showing that Lena is uh, trying to shed her previous uh, cloistered uh, mm -hmm. a Mormon garment wearing life and that she's yeah. embracing her body and her own sexuality. And yeah. that seems to be what like the, uh, a lot of the thrust of this entire show mm -hmm. really revolves around that concept. Yeah. Um, due to the locale, um, you do have a, a heavily bias against the, uh, the conservative religious. So when it comes to her mom's choice to, uh, to wear garments, her mom uh, has to go on, the defensive a little bit where she, they say, well, you know, the, the garments are so constricting and they're so uncomfortable and they're so, uh, you know, terrible. And like, they're just ripping, uh, you know, the things that are terrible about wearing garments in their minds and their mom or her, you know, Sally's mom is sitting there just like, um, I'm wearing garments. And this other lady's like, you know, the dress shop is like, I don't know why anybody would wear garments. And, her mom's like, well, this is a reminder to us to maintain our modesty. And this is a reminder of our covenants that we've made. And, you know, these are our sacred things. And she, you know, brings that out. And I thought, you know, you, you guys are being pretty insensitive to other people's beliefs for people that want to be um, accepted and uh, respected in turn. So, yeah, that 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 was something that. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, that's something that bothered me. Now, the article, you know, says that this is the greatest of all of them. I still stand by the fact that uh, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey has been the best one that I've seen so far. 
Well, um, we only have one more episode of this show left, so we will definitely be yeah. next week. We will review the final episode of Mormon No More. And I just want to say one last thing, uh, and that's uh, it doesn't show that Lena and Sally have a job. I mean, it never shows yeah. that they work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only work we see them doing is basically what you and I are doing right now, DBase. They're talking into a microphone. They're podcasters. Is, yeah. this, their, is this their whole job? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, that's something else that's in this podcast or in this episode is they bring Sally's mom onto the the uh, their podcast and they interview her and have her express where she's coming from. And they're really working hard on Sally's mom because Sally's mom loves her little girl. She wants her to, you know, she wants to to have a good, happy life with her daughter. Um, sure. So, yeah, she's she's making a lot of efforts, um, a lot of strides to to really be a part of this, uh, this daughter's life. And, uh, I, I think Sally, uh, keeps feeling the need to, um, throw up, uh, these are the obstacles that the church is putting the way that you're going to have to climb over in order for us to have that happy relationship you want. And that's okay. I'm glad that she's expressing that. Um, but that can be a very abrupt thing for a parent. And, uh, you know, I think that they, some, some people need time. You know, just because they're not ready right now doesn't mean they won't ever be ready. It's just, you know, these are some big life changes you you, uh, you throw at people. And, you know, it's going to require them to change, too. I mean, it just makes for very uh, entertaining. Unfortunately, the, this family, some, the tra- somewhat tragic aspects of this family being broken apart, mm-hmm. relationships uh, dashed to pieces. Unfortunately, that does make for pretty good television, unfortunately. Yeah, it does. But they're definitely the drama. So much trauma, and also the religious. And then you, when you when you add into that the religious conflict mm-hmm. between the the parents and the children. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's just a lot of simmering. Uh, it's just all right, yeah. under, and it's just ready to bubble up at any moment. Let's see. I think in this episode they said that Sally has, she's the only daughter, and I think she has three brothers. She and two of her brothers have left the church. Um, her parents and her one brother and his wife are still. Uh, active LDS, so uh, that they do bring that up a little bit. And um, yeah, it's all too common, unfortunately, these days. Is that yeah. as uh, as the as we covered in the Elder Bednar's uh, National Press Club briefing, the church is not uh, in the United States is not has not achieved a replacement rate, meaning that the population inertia of the church for every yeah. five people that leave the church, only four people are joining the church. Yeah, so, so, I mean this is. This is a very common family. They didn't go out there and find, you know, some super exceptional uh, family. Mm -hmm. Up to 20% of Latter-day Saints identify themselves as LGBTQ. And a lot of families, especially these days, people, um, unfortunately, their whole families are not staying in the church. This is very typical. It it is. And um, the the teaching is still put out there by the church that, uh, you know, mothers is your responsibility to raise up your children in to the ways of righteousness. It's your responsibility to keep your kids uh, faithful. And if the kid, your kids go astray, uh, a lot of that's going to hang over your head. And, you know, that's something that's a, a difficult thing, especially for mothers to have to, to carry. You know, and that's what, what is it? David O. McKay's uh, quote that says no success in life can, can compensate for failure in the home. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. I believe that was David O. McKay, president of the church back in the yes. 60s. Yes, and, and, the, and her mom was really took that to heart. She says, I'm, I'm a failure. I failed that my number one thing that I need to do in life was to make sure that my kids stayed in the church and I failed. Therefore, I'm a failure as a mother and as a human being. That is just tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that's a that's a heavy load for anybody to to yeah. carry, especially somebody that's trying to be supportive of their kids, someone that's trying to let their kids who are going through difficult uh, changes in their own lives. I mean, shoot, Sally's just been through a divorce, a, a divorce with a husband that, you know, he he wasn't ready for this. It, it kind of got sprung on him. So, you know, that divorce has been difficult. And, uh, you know, her she's uh, still maintained uh, being a pretty decent mom to her kids. So, you know, there's, there's she's got that going for her, but she's also going through a lot of changes with her brothers and her uh, parents and you know, just she's uh, figuring herself out while everybody else is trying to figure herself out too. So, you know, I, I wonder of, Al, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like things are going to be wrapped up very easily on this fourth episode. Unlike keep sweet, pray and obey, which was definitely going to be a four episode miniseries, and mm-hmm. under the banner of heaven, it wrapped up pretty well at seven. I, yeah. I don't know if this is going to wrap up next episode. Do you think there could be a season two? Um, there might be a follow-up to it. I, th- there's going to be a lot, boy, if they're going to wrap it up with, uh, the final episode, it's going to, I, I, I don't I, see how. Yeah. I, I know that from what I've seen on it, they it culminates in their wedding. Okay. Um, uh, Sally's mom does, I mean, not to throw too much of a spoiler out there, but yeah, we're going to see, uh, how Sally's mom makes some big changes in her own life in order to, uh, you know, uh, help her to maintain that relationship with her daughter. Oh, so did you already watch episode four? Uh, no, but I've read up a little bit. This, okay. So the, the article that you, that I've got here, it's a, it's a, it's an article all about the whole, uh, episodes or the okay, whole, okay. yeah, series. Okay. Yeah. But we've got some really good things coming. So next week we'll, uh, we'll finish it up. I'll be looking forward to seeing watching episode four here. That takes us to our next article. And this was was an apostle's prayer for the Praia Temple and the miracle of the rain. And this is from the church's official news source, thechurchnews.com, published Mm -hmm. on 30 June 2022 by Scott Taylor. So uh, back in the Praia Temples had a dedicatory prayer. So Praia is from Cape Mm -hmm. Verde. That's uh, those islands that are in the Atlantic Ocean that are right off the coast of Africa. And this this dedicatory prayer took place uh, by Neil L. Anderson, the Quorum of Twelve Apostles, back in 2019, in June 20, June 19th. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, 2019? Or... No, no. Uh, it was on, sorry. The dedicatory sessions were on Sunday, June 19, 2022. Okay? Okay. So, so okay, this so, is just last month. Okay. Yes, this is just recently. I apologize. I got I got my wires crossed there. Yes, yeah, so this right. is recent news. And, mm-hmm. and we've heard now, this is the miracle of the rain took place during this dedicatory prayer. And I just wanted to cover that because mm-hmm. I found it to be remarkable because what's going on in Utah right now? This is two weeks in a row that we've talked about apostles having miracle rain. Yes. So yeah. And in Utah right now, there's wildfires out of control that they can't, they don't even have enough water to, to get a grip on them. So they're, they're we've got a lot of problems. We've got a severe need for a, good rainstorm, a good soaking rainstorm here in this state. So this article is very timely considering yeah. Utah's drought conditions. Is that what you're saying? It is. It's extremely timely. Um, okay. 
Elder Anderson needs to uh, join up with Elder Ballard, get over <laughs> to the temple, and get us some rain. Now, we covered that in last week's episode that Elder Ballard um, also <clears throat> has mm-hmm. the ability to control the rain. Yep. And in this and this week, we also have Neil L. Anderson. So this is during his dedicatory prayer, which was uh, just uh, two weeks ago. This mm-hmm. is from his prayer. He said, quote, We thank thee, Father, for the many blessings that have come to Cabo Verde since Elder Dallin H. Oaks first blessed this land nearly 30 years ago. We bless this land, as President Oaks did previously, that the land may bring forth abundantly for its people, that the clouds may produce rain, that the oceans may yield fruit. And we bless the people of this land that they may have vision, energy, and freedom, end quote. And this is from the article. When the Andersons walked out after the temple's final dedicatory session, rain mm-hmm. was falling and continued through the following morning. Miracle. It was an immediate, according to Sister Anderson, it was an immediate response to the apostles' prayer. Amazing. Well, I'm sold. Um, well, that, that's two for two. If you look at last week, Elder yep. Ballard said that he prayed, and boom, there was rain before they were done. Yep. Here we have Elder Anderson, same thing. He's praying, and boom, we have rain right away. Now, um, I just did want to point out one thing about that they pointed out in the episode, uh, Al, and that's uh, mm-hmm. uh, from, from the article. It said, uh, quote, cynics will say, of course it rained. Rain was in the day's forecast. <laughs> so, uh, end quote. So let me get this straight. Okay. There was there was a drought in uh there was a drought here in Cabo in Praia Cape Verde Temple. Mm-hmm. On the forecast that morning, it was calling for rain. Mm-hmm. Elder Anderson prayed for rain, and then it and then just as the forecast demonstrated, it rained. Am I getting this correct? That's what it sounds like. And um, I mean, his when you read his prayer. That he said, you know, that the clouds will bring rain. It seemed like it was kind of a perpetual thing that he was praying that, okay, you know, this uh, place that's had a drought for a little bit. Um, now let the let the ground be fruitful, let the uh, oceans be calm, and let the clouds produce rain and stuff, or whatever his uh, prayer was. But yeah, it it just seemed kind of like okay, yeah, let it let it rain consistently here now, so that it can have uh, you know a good crop that people yeah, so- will be able to raise food. They said that in in the article I'm reading through. This is the church's own news source, right? They said That's that the right. forecast this is church news. Yep. <laughs> they said that the forecast called for raining starting at 9 a.m. But uh-huh. part of the miracle, Al, was that the rain didn't start until after the dedicatory session at 3 p.m. So it was a six-hour delay, and exactly at the moment that he was done and the cornerstone was laid, that's when it started to rain. Just like Elder Ballard, as soon as they came out of the temple, the timing could wow. not be better for this miracle, Al. Well. Um, once again, miracle, uh, and heaven forbid that the weatherman's ever been right. And I mean, here he was kind of half right. It, the rain seems to have come a little bit later than originally forecasted, but that happens with trade winds and you know ch- shifts in uh, different things in the the atmosphere. But hey, they got rain, so good for them. Uh, uh, yeah, and there's just one last thing I want to cover in this article. Mm-hmm. And it said that the miracle of the rain was in its intensity, was also in its intensity or lack thereof. So they yeah. said that past heavy rains result in floodings, but mm-hmm. luckily this rain was a gentle but sustained rain. Yeah. So perfect timing and the perfect amount and intensity of rain. Perfect okay, rain. so it looks like, Al, from, from last week with Elder Ballard and from this week with Elder Anderson, that the apostles have – a serious ability to not only just control a little bit of rain, but they have great ability to control it. the timing, the frequency, 
the duration, the intensity, they really seem to have the ability to uh, uh, control the climate. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you, if uh, if Elder Anderson just really wanted to put the cherry on top of this, all he had to do is reach over to uh, Sister Anderson and have a, a perfect uh, moment of a Nicholas Sparks kiss in out in the rain and uh, would have melted her for sure. <laughs> well, OK, so <laughs> we, we are seeing that these drought conditions in Utah and Utah mm-hmm. and this is my home state. I don't live there currently, but yeah. the, the, the conditions are really deteriorating in Utah. Yeah, we're in rather dire need of a rainstorm, Elder Nilson or Neil L. Anderson and Elder Ballard. So, um, what's uh, you know, you guys, this is a, a flex. Uh, twice the church has reported that hey, our apostles have been able to command the heavens to pour out rain. So, yes, get your butts into the temple and do some dang rain, okay? I mean, shoot, there's uh, the city of Bountiful's on fire. At least you know a lot of the houses up there on the mountain are in. Uh, severe danger. Um, they've had fires going across the Salt Lake Valley. There's a really intense one out near Tooele right now. Um, there's f- fires starting up all around southern Utah. We even in northern Utah, where they've been getting a little bit of rain lately, there's a fire burning up in uh, Sardine Canyon that uh, somebody pulled a, an overheating car off just yesterday um, off the side of the road, and that's caught some weeds on fire. And that those that weed fire just spread up the whole side of the hill. Uh, they've got a lot of brand new homes right at the mouth of the canyon that are in severe danger. Uh, so yeah, they had to evacuate. Al, when I just think, I just want to, a couple last things on this. When I think of miracles in the Bible, uh, I think of uh, Jesus healing blind pep, uh, bl- blind people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, healing the lepers, the, the paraplegics, the yeah. women who had the issue of blood, the turning of the water and yeah. ra- uh, into wine, the mm-hmm. raising of Lazarus. And even mm-hmm. from the Book of Mormon, we have miracles. Uh, you know, he, yeah. uh, Jesus, when he came, he healed the blind, the halt, the maimed, the leprous, the, those that are withered, the, the, the yeah. deaf were able to hear. Okay, the rich young man was raised from the dead, water mm-hmm. was purified. Uh, all, tons of miracles throughout the scriptures. So when I yeah. rank or order all of the miracles that I've seen in the uh-huh. scriptures that we read in the Bible and the Book of Mormon, and then I put this miracle of the temple dedication. Remember, they were calling for rain that day, uh-huh. and it rained. Um, this one's pretty low on the list of miracles. It's just this is a little yeah. bit underwhelming to me. Yeah, the, the best I've got is a dad joke out of this. I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fine. I will take a low-level miracle. Pray uh-huh. for Utah to have rain, and let's yeah. just – I will take a low-level mm-hmm. miracle, no problem. I, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, I so, mean, if if Elder, uh, I'm not going to accuse the junior apostle Elder Anderson of this. I'm going to go after the senior apostle Elder Ballard because if he's got the ability to uh, pray for rain and have it rain, um, or or even more specifically, maybe I should go after the the very top Russell M. Nelson himself, because um, in the Old Testament we talked last week about Elijah the the uh, the Tishbite. Uh-huh. Um, and how he commanded that there would be no rain for a period of so many years until two he, years. Yeah. For, yeah. For two years until he said it should rain. Um, and that was then, you know, after bringing down fire from heaven and consuming the priests of Baal immediately rained afterward at his word. So he opened up the heavens mm-hmm. again. We we've got that. I mean, this is the same, this is a church that says they got the same power as, uh, Elijah. So yes, and as current, we said, Elijah living, himself yeah. 
Elijah himself came to Joseph Smith to give Joseph Smith his power. And that same power flows through the veins of Elder Anderson and Elder Ballard and everyone Mm -hmm. else. It's that same priesthood power that Elijah had. He commanded the heavens to shut for two years. In fact, there was no dew, Mm -hmm. not even rain. There was no dew on the ground for two years. That same person came and said, I'm going to give you the power that I have. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to you, Joseph. And then you're going to give it to the rest of these people. And then President Nelson has it now. Yes, he does. um, Now, and then in the church news, they're saying that we have the we, we just showed how we did it just oh, two weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. OK, let's let's what are we waiting? I'm just what are we waiting for? I don't know, I, but I, I wish that we would stop waiting and get this drought fixed. I, I, I agree. I agree. I'm getting a little bit worked up over this. Um, yeah, so. well, you, you should, because, I mean, this is people's homes. This is their lives. How do you think, you know, when these people's uh, homes are stand are in front of them burning on the side of a hill, how do you think they feel when they hear the prophets say, oh, all I had to do was go into the temple and pray and Good ask point. for rain. Yep. And as soon as we walked out, there was a downpour. Or if like, you're a farmer and your and your and your crops are are being ruined, your livelihood, yeah. your, your 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 the way that you feed your family, mm-hmm. your crops, your herds, your, yeah. your entire livelihood is is just drying up in the dust. Yeah. Like you said, you hear apostles and put out on the church newsroom saying, "Hey, we've done this before," and uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, then do it. If you, you, if, know, you know, if this is in your hands, then you know it's really on you to do it, elders. So do it. Okay, uh, we got to move along here. This is what my right. blood pressure. My yeah. blood pressure is going to rise. <laughs> this. Rarely see me get worked up on this podcast, but this yeah. has got a little bit worked up. The, well, that's because it's a, a pretty dire situation. It's a very yeah, dry state, and we got to get this fixed. So, yeah. one way or another, the LDS Church can do something about the drought. Um, I call upon them to do something about the drought. Amen. Um, whether it's piping water into the state, or whether it's calling upon the windows of heaven to open up. Yeah, you, you claim to have that power, do it. And I know that you've got the money to do it. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're going to move on to uh, Reddit. Um, and I, I'm going to I'm gonna head this one up, uh, being the apostate that I am. Um, you know, I, I think uh, anybody that's listened to our Patreon interviews are available. Uh, we'll find out that, yeah, I, I have officially left the church. Um uh, but, um, you know, I, I don't feel like there's as much animosity between me and the church as there was when uh, when I first decided to leave. So I'm trying to, to extend the hand of uh, friendship here and fellowship and uh, and to join with my fellow uh, still believing LDS friends. Let's uh, let's have a conversation about the news and let's find out what apostates on Reddit are, have the most people. Because there was a post recently. um by the uh, the Reddit uh, the, the redditor, the Father Mucker was his name. It's a kind of a fun little name there. Um, he says, "I was just comparing the size of the various apostate subs here on Reddit, and here's what I found." And he's got a list of a few of them. Uh, some of the the, uh, the various ones that have left Mormonism, they've left uh, Islam, they've left uh, uh, Judaism and Christianity. So he compares and contrasts the different ones. So um, where do we where do we stand on this, Steve? Where do you think uh, ex Mormon subreddit does compared to say our ex Muslim? Well, I I can see the answer. So maybe it's not as easy. Uh, it's in, kind of an easy question for it me. It is an easy question. 
Yep. But it looks like out of all of the ex, you know, ex-Mormon, ex-Muslim, ex-Christian, ex-Jew, ex-Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witness, all of the ex-religions, ex-Mormon mm-hmm. is the largest by far. In fact, uh, the, the next one, I think, is RX-Muslim. Um, so, yeah, RX-Mormon has 244,000 members, okay? Um, RX-Muslim, 116,000. Um, that means there's twice as many members in the ex-LDS, uh, or rather ex-Mormon subreddit, than there is in the ex-Muslim subreddit. Um, Ex-Christian, 107,000. So, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a far stretch to get to the next uh, people in line. So, why do we why debates? Do we have a uh, such a, a vast disparity here where we have so many people in ex-Mormon? compared to so many the the number of apostates in the other that's so. what i'm wondering is because the there's a lot of christians in the world now there's like mm-hmm. over a billion christians so you would yeah. think that ex christian would have a lot there's only 17 million mormons yeah and mm-hmm. only all, about half of them even consider themselves to be mormons this is a very True. small group so when you're talking ex mormons there's not very many of them mm-hmm. but there's tons of ex muslims tons of there's hundreds of millions of Muslims, hundreds of millions of Christians, you would think that they would have a very large following of ex-Muslim, ex-Christian, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Mormons, ex-Mormons uh, are leading the way. That's mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the amount of uh, uh, the, the, the grip that the LDS Church has. I mean, it's a very, it's, it's um, professes itself to be not an easy religion at all. It's not just a, a laissez-faire kind of, you know, cafeteria religion. This is a religion that for uh, the bulk of its history has said, you accept all of it or you have no place in it. And so it's all or nothing. And when you're that strict and that tight-fisted in the way you run your church, um, it puts a big burden on people. And so when people finally break free, a lot of times they're going to need a support system. You know, this is this isn't like you're just leaving a book club that you know you didn't like the novels that they were uh, having you you read. This is uh, something a little bit more intense. This is something that's a big commitment with your, your family, not just for this life, uh, seven days a week, um, but also for the eternities in the next world, and you know your ancestry going back all the way to Adam. So it's a big, it's a big commitment that this church uh, requires of people. So. Well, you, you know, I, I think about that also, Al, uh, that in Muslim, Muslim countries, especially in, um, you know, theocratic Muslim countries like Saudi Arabia and some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Indonesia, where literally if you blaspheme, you can be put to death, or if you lead the faith, you could be killed. Yeah. Those are pretty strict religions too. You're praying five times a day. You're giving your alms. You're going to ma- mm-hmm. uh, mosque on uh, mosque once a week. You're going to the Hajj yeah. as well. They, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think the Mormons have anything on some of the, you know, the fundamentalist Muslims out there wearing burqas and, you know, not, not eating pork. I mean, there's not, not drinking any alcohol. I don't think mm-hmm. Mormons have anything on some of these, uh, the Wahhabism, uh, yeah. Wahhabist uh, Muslims. Yeah. Oh, there, there's definitely a lot. Uh, there's a lot of other religions that require a, a great deal more than, than the LDS. Um, but all, like you say, the, the penalty is death from leaving uh, some of those religions. So I can understand to that. In fact, I'd be more surprised than anything that there was that many on the ex-Muslim subreddit. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Because, I mean, you're risking your life to be on there. 
Yeah, well, maybe that's true. Uh, I, I just Googled it, Al. There's uh, over 2 billion cri uh, Christians in the world, okay. and there's almost 2 billion Muslims in the world. Wow. You compare that to only 17 million Mormons, and you would think that the ex-Christian, ex-Muslims would yeah. be 100 times larger, and yet ex-Mormons uh, are leading the way in for, uh, fervency, yeah. or uh, I don't mm – -hmm. it, it's hard to explain. Well, let's see. What is it? Uh, the ex – is it ex-Judaism or ex-Jew? Ex-Jews uh, only got like yeah. 7,000 people in it. It's pretty small. And and uh, comparatively speaking, that's a similar yeah. that's a similar religion. Right. There's about 17 million Jews. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's only mm -hmm. got 7,000 people in it. So you would yeah. expect Mormons to be kind of like ex-Jews, mm -hmm. about 7,000. Yeah. That would be proportionally appropriate. Yeah. Either and proportionately, yeah, is, yeah, is completely blown up. So that's that's something. And I'll tell you on a parting note, these uh, – if you want, if you want to go to that, uh, the link in the show notes, you're definitely going to see some interesting commentary in the comment section. I had a great time last night reading through that. <laughs> well, uh, send us uh, to our listeners out there. Let us know what what you think the reason is is for the uh, the supremacy of mm -hmm. ex Mormons on on Reddit and on the internet in general. Why is it that they are so overrepresented by population? Send us an email to Kolob mm -hmm. at Mormon News Round. Uh, excuse me, MormonNewsRoundup.org. That's K O L O B. And uh, just one last thing uh, related to Reddit and, and Mormonism. Mm -hmm. That's out. If you compare the growth of the two faithful, quote unquote, faithful mm -hmm. Reddit subs, subreddits, that's RLDS yeah. mm -hmm. and R Mormon. If you compare their growth rate to R X Mormon, X Mormon mm -hmm. is growing much faster than LDS and Mormon is. Because well, X Mormon doesn't. Uh put an instant ban on anybody that's not directly <laughs> uh, promoting the church. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 uh, the faithful subs, the RLDS and the, uh, or, or not the RLDS, uh, LDS and the Mormon subs, uh -huh. they'll, they'll ban you if you look at them weird. And the, they'll ban you for life over it. I mean, it's like, yeah, doors closed. There's no coming back. <laughs> I stand at the door and I stand at the door and knock. Uh huh. <laughs> but if you open that door, you're going to be kicked out on your on your hiney. So you know. <laughs> <For> life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, now we have one more article to go through here, and uh -huh. I I don't know if this is technically a news article, Al, but this is in our show notes, and I just came across it. I don't know how long this has been around, but I found this to be rather remarkable, and mm -hmm. it's all dead Mormons are now gay. dot com. That's mm -hmm. www.alldeadmormonsarenowgay.com. When you go to that website, Al, what do you see? Oh, now this is fun. Okay. Okay. You have in an arched uh, font going across the top, a uh, rainbow-colored uh, headline that says, All Dead Mormons Are Now Gay. What? Um, I'm going to read. Uh, it's only a couple paragraphs, so I'm going to just read it to you because it's great. Sadly, many Mormons throughout history have died without having known the joys of homosexuality. Oh, no. With your help, these poor souls can be saved. There's hope, oh, Pat. There's oh, hope, oh, D-Vase. Okay, okay, okay. I'm listening. Simply enter the name of your favorite dead Mormon in the form below and click convert. Presto. They're gay for eternity. There is no undo. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Don't know any dead Mormons yourself? Well, click choose a Mormon button and we'll find one for you. You're welcome. Now, there's an asterisk here that says uh, uh, for that, that some people are excluded from this. Al. And what is the yeah. asterisk? Uh, Holocaust victims are not eligible for conversion. So, now, any, what? yeah. Why, 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 why is that, Al? 
all because the LDS church got in some real deep, deep trouble because they kept uh, taking the names of Holocaust victims from, you know, like uh, memorials for World War Two, And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, uh, they were doing baptism for the dead. So what this is, is this is an answer from somebody out there to the LDS insisting that, okay, well, you know, we're going to convert all of your dead ancestors, whether you like it or not. And it, you know, even if you don't like it, they don't have to accept it in the next life. We're just providing them the opportunity. So if they want to, you know, even if they died for their, uh, their beliefs, like uh, so many people throughout history have wanting to, you know, have the, those beliefs cemented uh, in the eternities. And we're, we're going to convert them to what we think is right and what we think is best. Okay, so let me try this out here. I've got, I'm inputting into the bar here, Bruce R. McConkie, and I'm going to hit convert. Yep. Converting, the wheel is spinning, Al. The wheel is spinning. It's convert, okay. converted. That's all Already? there is to it. Happy trails, Bruce R. McConkie. Oh, he's going to no be mad. Yep. <laughs> he is going to be mad, mad, mad. So now this is something that I'll say that's a lot more efficient than the LDS temple ritual process. Well, yeah, so, it sure is. Yeah. You didn't have to sit through an hour and a half uh, video to, to get Bruce R. McConkie. What about his father-in-law? Can we put uh, Joseph Fielding Smith in there? Uh, Joseph Fielding Smith, I, I'm, I don't know if his work's been done, but it, you, know, you can probably do it twice just to be yeah. sure, right? Yeah. yeah, for good measure, of course. I mean, you, you do definitely want to be, uh, you definitely want to make sure you cover your bases here. It's, yeah. know, we assume that God will sort it out if somebody is missed, right? That's right. So I mean, God's ju- to... God is just, God is fair. If, if somehow there's a spelling error oh. or whatever, he'll, he'll figure it out, right? Okay, now they are fabulous in the afterlife. Perfect. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so he and his father-in-law can still get along perfectly. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, you know, uh, this, this could take a lot of work here. There's been 120 billion souls on Earth, so uh, yeah. uh, and that could be a lot of work there to get to turn every single dead Mormon gay. Obviously, this is pretty tongue-in-cheek, but uh, uh-huh. there are no take-backs, Al. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, thank you very very much for bringing this to my attention. And, um, I, you know, just for fun, why don't, why don't you go and have it? Because I think the only thing that I've seen remotely close to this was, um, let's see, there was the, the Westboro Baptist Church guy that was like, he, he's the guy that started up the very, all the, you know, God hates, uh, you know, homosexuals rallies uh-huh. and stuff and that would protest uh, soldiers' uh, funerals. So the uh the satanic temple people went and performed what's called a pink mass over his grave now the pink mass i guess is a posthumous um ritual that turns the person whose grave it is performed on into a gay in the afterlife so yeah that uh, it was kind of the ultimate middle finger to this guy and um you know i, I applaud that i thought that was a, a great response um so this one yeah, you know, for the church uh, following in the footsteps of the Westboro Baptists and uh, being so anti-LGBTQ, let's, uh, yeah, let, let's throw that out there, too, and give a, a good response. So there is hope. Yeah. I thought this was just a pretty <laughs> funny website. I don't know if this is necessarily news, but uh, I just it, thought it was pretty funny. It, it was at least uh, noteworthy. Anybody that wants to, go, go check it out. Uh, once again, it's all dead Mormons are now gay. 
com, and that's in the show notes. You can get very nice, that. very nice. Now, our yeah. last segment, Al, is uh, uh, I was uh, going through and revising, like I said earlier, some of our uh, podcast episodes, putting the hashtags on, cleaning everything up. It looks a lot better. Everything's good now. Mm-hmm. It's taking me a while to figure out how to do this podcasting stuff. But I realized that in episode one, Al, that you put in a poll on Spotify. Mm-hmm. If you go over to our show on Spotify or Anchor, you will be able to see that there is a poll that you put in on episode one that I didn't really mm-hmm. realize. And some people have taken the poll. So uh, let's yeah. review this poll here, Al, and um, let's let's see what the results are. So okay. episode one, mm-hmm. are you with me? Episode one, uh, the yeah. poll that you put out that I did, never did see, but now I've yep. seen it. It says, what is your relationship to the LDS church? Yep. Answer one is child of record, multi-generational LDS family. Uh, answer two, converted to the church after age eight. Answer three, never been a Mormon, but curious about the church. Answer four is former member. And then I put in some funnier uh, ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Answer five, head of the Strengthening Church Members Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, number six is a secret Danite. Or number seven is one of the three <laughs> Nephites. <laughs> I like these. <laughs> so, okay, so we do have the, the results. And it looks like the head mm-hmm. of the Strengthening Church Members Committee appears to be on top uh, for episode one. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. glad that he's a part of this podcast. Yes, thank you very much for joining us, whoever you are. <laughs> now uh, let's go. Let's we're going to review the polls. Uh, okay. uh, now I put in polls for the rest of them. You did the episode one, but I put yeah. in polls for the rest rest of them too. So episode two, Al, uh, okay. can one be a feminist and a good Latter Day Saint at the same time? Now That's... I want you to answer this truly according okay. to what I put in the polls, and you tell me what your answer is <clears throat> okay. according to what's in the polls. Let's okay. see. I'll go ahead through these answers. Okay. Of, of course, feminism is next to godlinessism. Um, <laughs> two depends on whether you know who Kate Kelly is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Three, not a chance. I do whatever Elder Boyd K. Packer tells me. Four, feminism is a major victory for Satan. Yeah. Um, And let's see, five, the church was strongly against the ERA in 1978, and absolutely nothing has changed. And last of all, I testify with every fiber of my being that women's rights are human rights. Unless you dot, dot, dot. Oh, unless you're LDS. <laughs> unless you're LDS. Okay. Sorry. You have to, if you're, yeah. Unless you're, yeah. I testify with every fiber of my being that women's rights are human rights. Mm-hmm. Unless you're LDS. Unless you're LDS. That's right. <laughs> uh, I put Elder Boyd K. Packer in there because he said that feminism was one of the great dangers of the church. I'm. I'm going to go with uh, number two here, actually. Depends on whether you know who Kate Kelly is. Um, And you know who Kate Kelly is? I do. Okay, okay. (laughs) Uh, Part of the September 6th, it was excommunicated for uh, Uh uh, wanting to bring women's equality to the church, right? Exactly, yep. Okay, so you went with number two. Go ahead and you can vote. Go ahead and vote in there. Yep, Okay. it's in there. Great. Number three. Uh, should the Church of Jesus Christ uh, of Latter-day Saints pay property taxes on its liturgical real estate? We covered that in episode three. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, go ahead and read these answers, Al. Okay. Yes. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. That's logical. Yeah, that's fair. No. Jesus never paid property taxes. His only true church shouldn't either. That's yeah. very logical, Al. That's right. Uh, probably, but we need to check with Curtin McConkie first. Uh, that's the church's law firm, right? That is. That is the church's law firm. Um, Denal, what does liturgical mean? Yeah, uh, it's that, kind of complicated. Yeah, that's more on my level. Um, you can buy anything in this world with money, like $150 plus billion dollar real estate. Uh, real estate portfolio. portfolio. You, your your yeah. screen must be cut. Yeah, it you is. can buy in this short. world with money, like $150 mm-hmm. billion dollar real estate portfolio. So should the church pay 
Uh, which one do you want to select there, Al? I'm going to go, yes, render under Caesar, that which is Caesar's. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm in favor of taxing churches and allowing those churches to submit uh, for tax uh, purposes their charitable donations. So, yeah, so I mean, the, yeah. Okay, very well. Uh, you know, Curtin McConkie, uh, that's the church's law firm. That's why I put them in first, you mm-hmm. know. But, yeah. Al, you know, Jesus, he never paid property taxes, right? No. I mean, come on. No, and Curtin McConkie is not a charitable organization, so they don't, it doesn't count if you pay money to them. Okay, okay. Uh, number four. <laughs> Episode four. This was uh, back with the passing of Elder Orrin Hatch, Washington, D.C., LDS Temple opening, uh, Mormons and LGBTQ legislation, and Mormon husband comes out as transgender. So now uh, we talked about the differences in this episode. What explains the differences between the church's statements marking the passing of Elder Senator Hatch and Senator Reed? So is it number one? I really like that uh, that little slip there, Elder Senator Hatch. Uh, oh, that, that well, I'll tell you, that's a very fitting title for him, in my opinion, because I, I think that the a lot of the LDS people, at least around the state of Utah, really feel that way. <laughs> he may as well have been a 15th apostle or something. Okay, so number one, Republicans are more righteous, obviously. Okay. okay. Senator Hatch was the best senator, as evidenced by over $3 million he received from... And that's uh, let, me, let me read these because he's cutting you off on there. You have to have yeah, a whole thing. Yeah. Senator Hatch was the better to senator, as evidenced by over $3 million he received from the pharmaceuticals industry. And I got that from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Or is it because Senator Reid called President Obama, quote, a light-skinned African-American with no Negro dialect? Or Ooh. number four, it's a complicated <laughs> subject. I haven't read the complete Gospel Topics essay on this yet. Let me get back to you. Or is it the final answer, the CES letter, Sandra Tanner, and anti-Mormon lies? What what explains the difference between Senator Hatch and Senator Reid? Um, I'm inclined to think that uh, you'll probably find a, a very accurate answer from the CES letter, Sandra Tanner, and anti-Mormon okay. lies. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm going to – I like that. I'm going to vote with that one, although okay. it, there might be a better answer up there. I'm not – I'm not sure. Maybe the Republicans are more righteous, obviously. That, that one could be the, the reason. Well, yeah. I just looked at CS letter, Sandra Turner, and anti-Mormon lies, because anything that doesn't reflect yeah. well in the church, that's your answer. Boom. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, uh, you know, obviously, that, that that explains all the differences that you need. Mm-hmm. Any, any problem, you just chalk it up to that. Yeah. Uh, episode five. Uh, how do you feel about BYU student Jillian Orr's commencement protest? Al, was it number one, go Jillian? Mm-hmm. Or number yeah. two, pass. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Or number three, Jillian who? Number four, BYU is racist. Oh, I meant bigoted, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or uh, <laughs> the next answer, Jillian or Matt Easton should be translated straight to the city of Kolob, uh, uh, city of Enoch on Kolob. Or is it number six, where's the strengthening church members committee when you need them? <laughs> or number seven, she's an answer to my prayers. I prayed the gay to go away and she's gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, this one, I, I, I wanted to say Jillian who, but, uh, I'd get, uh, I'd get verbally berated by my co-host cause for heaven's sakes, I mean, come on, Al, you were the one that talked about this. <laughs> I need to, I can't vote my conscience. I'm going to say that, uh, oh, you know, I, I think, uh, I'm going to go with pass. I, okay. I think, and the reason why is because I think that you know, you know, express this in the episode that it wasn't her platform. You know, like there's a difference between her and the young man that was the valedictorian of his class. Matt Easton. 
yeah, Matt Easton. He was he's also on the this uh, this episode or uh, the sorry not episode the show that we're uh, reviewing right now that Mormon No More. And I'm very sympathetic to Matt Easton with the way he handled it. But with uh, Julian Orr, she was just a student. I don't think that we want to turn your um, your bachelor's degree walk across the stage into a a place where you can voice your uh, political or religious opinions uh, to the world. Very well. Okay. Just graduate. Come on. Go go ahead and vote then. You know, I just wonder if I were to take this poll, I'd say, where's the strengthening church members committee when you need them? Or why aren't they there on that? I I do love that answer. (laughs) Where are they when you need them? Yeah. I mean, if they're not going to be a commencement monitoring, what what good are they? That's all I should say here. Okay. Episode six. So go ahead and unlock your vote. Now, number six. Uh, why does President Nelson get mentioned in general conference twice as much as any previous church leader ever has? So go ahead and read these out. These are short. So Yeah, these ones are short. Okay. Because he's the, uh, twice as good as any previous prophet. Amen. That's right. Darned if I know, but the answer is in figure eight of facsimile two in the book of Abraham. Yeah, the, the book of Abraham's got all the answers, Al. Seems to. Yeah. Uh, probably because Uchtdorf is such a brown noser. Yeah, I mean, um, we is for sure. We know that to be a yeah, fact. Yeah, he's uh, he's you know just trying to suck up to get himself back into the first uh, presidency. <laughs> um, he loves to be loved, don't we all? I mean, that's 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 very true. You know, I'm, okay. Uh, three words follow the prophet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or because his name just rolls off the tongue, Russell Marion Nelson Senior. That has a nice ring to it. Russell Marion Nelson Sr. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue, Al? Yeah, it rolls off the tongue like a lumpy gravy. (laughs) So what's your answer then? (laughs) Why does President Nelson get mentioned in General Conference twice as much as any previous church leader ever has? Oh, I'm I'm kind of torn between these two. Uh, He loves to be loved, don't we all? Or three words, follow the prophet. Um... Because I've, I, I, I'm guessing it's probably, I, I'm, I'm not going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with uh, what I uh, have considered. I think that they're pushing obedience so heavily and following the prophet. I'm going to go with follow, the three words: follow the prophet. Very nice, very nice. Follow the prophet. Got it. He, he will never leave the church astray, right, Al? That's right. Okay. Now our next one, our next uh, episode is uh, we had a blockbuster episode seven. We had yep. included a blockbuster financial church report. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the question here is, how do you feel about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints owning over $100 billion in real estate? Oh, here's a good one. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and read, uh, read that. Okay, I'll need help with the third, but uh, the rest of them I got. Uh, fantastic. Now I can just get a discount on my tithing. Now can I? Can <laughs> oh, I? Sorry, now can I just get a discount on my tithing? Yeah, it's great. That's just, can I get a yeah. discount? Yeah, fine. Then why do all the chapels look like they were assembled at Ikea? Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah. Okay, what about, or answer three, absolutely no issues. Jesus repeatedly taught the benefits of real estate speculation to reduce one's tax liabilities. That's pretty clear, right? Oh, yeah. He in was all, all four Gospels. Yeah, when he was in there whipping the uh, money changers, th- overthrowing their temples, that's exactly what he was speculating on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I felt outraged. Clearly, Susan Bednar should have warned us about this long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or number you could, five. 
you can buy anything in this world with money. You, you certainly can. Mm-hmm. Um, or proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. Nice. Um, okay, so right. which one? How do you feel about it, Al? I'm thinking um, somewhere between fantastic can get just a discount on my tithing or outrage clearly susan bednar should have warned us about this i'll go with the susan bednar one yes, she should nice need a whistleblower nice. you know absolutely yes <laughs> and, and, and we only found out about this because of a whistleblower too so. uh, yes we did uh yeah clearly susan bednar should have warned us about this long ago mm-hmm. you know where's susan yeah. bednar when you need her that's all i can exactly. say Okay, she's being obedient to her husband. That's what she's absolutely okay. Number eight, we had the uh, episode eight was the worldwide young adult devotional, the LDS Mm -hmm. Church Humanitarian Report, uh, the Under the Banner of Heaven. Um, that was that episode. So, according to this, was the from the worldwide devotional, according to President Nelson Al, how long has God been sending humans to earth? And you can watch the worldwide devotional if you need a hint. Okay, so answer number one. I might have Over 6,000 years, exactly as President Russell M. Nelson, through the Holy Spirit, prophesied. Amen. All right. Or is it number two? Uh, about 250,000 years, according to the overwhelming consensus of the scientific community. Okay. Or number three? Um, your God didn't send anyone anywhere. Ever heard of evolution by natural selection? Shaking my head. Or is it number four? Who cares? Just read the Book of Mormon and do Moroni's promise. Uh-huh. Or number five, I take no position on taking a position. <laughs> or finally, number six, dogs have always been dogs. Monkeys have always been monkeys. It's just the way genetics works. Uh, I'm thinking that the last one is a direct <laughs> quote from that talk, isn't it? Uh, that's a direct quote from uh, not. He didn't include that in the worldwide devotional, but that is from one of his rare no, regular I, media interviews that he did with uh, Pew Research back in, I want to say, 2007. Yeah. I think it was 2007. OK, I thought, yeah, that is a quote from him. Yes, that yeah. is a quote from President Nelson. Um, I, I, You know what? With regards to this, um, I'm going to say, who cares? Just read the Book of Mormon and do more on his promise. I mean, that solves everything, right, Al? Yeah, exactly. That one's the, the answer to everything. Yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to worry about anything. Yeah. You just read the Book of Mormon, do more on his promise. And you know, I've been listening to these Warren <laughs> Jeffs uh, lectures. He uh-huh. says the same thing. Yeah. So uh, that's all you need. Boom. Yeah. So um, and and in my defense, so far, a hundred percent of all ans- the people have answered agree with me. <laughs> that's right that's right okay good answer yep. al very good answer yeah uh, to- total uh, answers one yep very nice now episode nine uh, was lds and gun violence elder david bender yeah. at the national press club under the banner of heaven episode six and julie stoffer returns to mtv so uh can you read that uh question that goes along with this episode al i sure can what shocking admission did elder david bednar make at the npc luncheon regarding tithing Mm, he made a shocking admission, Al. Yes, he did. Now, can you read those or are they too long? Uh, the first two and the fourth one are too long, but I can okay, get the let rest. Me, let me read this first one. Okay, so what shocking admission did he make? We covered this in the episode. Number one, was it uh, Elder Bednar said, pay a full tithing before you buy food for your starving children. Unless you order from Chick-fil-A, am I right? Could be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a that's Christian right. restaurant. It is, it's a and Christian it's pretty restaurant. good, isn't it? I mean, a spicy and, chicken sandwich. Yeah, the, and I can see the church supporting Chick Fil A because they're Absolutely. trying to be appear more mainstream Christian. 
Absolutely. And if your children are starving, you should pay tithing unless you're ordering from Chick-fil-A. Am I right? That's Number right. two, pay your tithing and fast offerings directly to Alan Deves from the Mormon News Roundup on Patreon. Oh, you know, or, that, but that would be nice. Yeah, the, or just, number th- just number one th- week. One week is all we ask. <laughs> <laughs> number three, tithing is a serious commandment. I mean, somebody's got to pay the City Creek Mall Utilities bill. Yes, they do. Yeah, Someone I mean, that's, the, that's a big bill, Al. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or did he say number four, no one has ever gotten poor by tank paying 10% of their annual income to a mega corporation worth over $250 billion. Okay. I, or number I five. Yeah. Oh, what? What was that? Uh, I don't recall him saying that, but okay. Well, okay. Ahead. Well, one of these answers is correct. The rest of them aren't. Number yeah. five, the church doesn't need their money tithing. Or number six, you can buy anything in this world with money. Oh, man. If only it had been that last one. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do remember this episode. It was the church doesn't need their money. Very, oh, very yeah. good, Al. That's good. He number five. It. Yep, publicly. Number five. Okay, good night. Good memory. Nice work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, episode 10. we got about four more left to go now. Episode 10 was Under the okay. Banner of Heaven finale, the Mom Talk Mormon swinger scandal, the parable mm-hmm. of the hardened bread, the mandatory background checks for LDS leaders, and DVA's tours the LDS, uh, the DC temple. So here's the poll. Can you uh, read all that? Yeah, and I will. Uh, let's see. Um, the second and third I'm going to need help with, but I got the okay. rest of them, okay? okay? So with re- And I'm going to love this because this was my uh, article. With regards to Sister Corden's parable of the hardened bread, what's the best way to keep your heart soft? That is this, so t- tender mercies, Al. Uh, tender mercies. This was the worst parable I've ever heard. It was great. Tender mercies, Al. <laughs> tender right. mercies. Yeah. Uh, was it by keeping sweet? Praying and obeying. That seems to work, Al. That's there's no doubt about that. Number yeah. or was it number two? By reading your scriptures and listening to the Mormon News Roundup daily and twice on the Sabbath. Okay. I'm, or yeah. is it number three? By instantly retweeting every single one of President Russell M. Nelson's tweets on Twitter. Uh huh. Or was it the next one? Next one is uh, hardened bread is a major victory for Satan. Oh, man, I think it is. It certainly sounds that way. Um, or maybe number five, use twist ties. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, um, just use twisty ties. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Or um, let's see. Hey, lady, I like hardened bread, okay? I mean, there's nothing wrong with a, a good hard piece of bread. Some people like it crunchy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, lady, I, I like hardened bread. What's exactly. That? I mean, so... <laughs> the, I, you know, let's see, Sister Corden, bless her sweet little heart. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. The best way to keep your heart soft is to use twist ties. It was pretty simple. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Number six. Cause, cause and that, that was what really frustrated me about the, this whole thing. The parable. There was no parable. That she didn't use any kind of, like, didn't give you any uh, life hack uh, for how to keep your heart soft or anything. It was just. Okay, you're going with the twist. A big nothing sandwich is what it was. Yeah, if you don't know exactly what we're talking about, go back to episode 10 and go check out our polls. Take these polls yourself. You can only take these polls on Anchor or Spotify, by the way. Yeah. Okay, episode 11, keep sweet, pray, and obey. Coffee is good for you. Dallas Jenkins on Mormons. Utah Church Mm -hmm. Attendance Craters. And we had guest host Steve Pinecker on the the podcast. Now, Mm -hmm. here is the uh, episode poll there. Can you read us the uh, poll there? I sure can. It's our Book of Mormon-themed Nephite slash Lamanite Twinkies racist. 
Okay, uh, uh, yeah. so answer number the one. The Kamoras. Yeah, this yes. was... Uh, yeah, okay. Then Nikai um, Kamora, number one, your first choice, Al, is absolutely. But the church disavows that Twinkies advanced in the past are inferior in any way to any other pastry. Okay. Or number two. Go ahead. No, number two, no, it is logically impossible for an inanimate object to be racist. Um, or is it three? It doesn't matter. Only a Nephite or a Lamanite could be offended. And, you know, uh, since we see that there's not really a lot of Lamanites around anymore, um, since, yeah, um, the principal ancestors of the Native Americans seems to be the Mongolians. Um, okay. It's going to be tough to find a Nephite and a Lamanite, you know Exactly. Very tough. So if only Nephites or Lamanites can be offended, that really narrows the field. Okay. And then it doesn't matter because, I mean, you can't – if you had, uh, you know, something that offended Sesame Street characters, yeah. it really wouldn't matter. So, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, Bert and Ernie, can they really be offended? I mean, that's right. the whole thing. Exactly. Is, yeah, they're, they're puppets. They don't exist below the waist. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, exactly. I remember that. All I care about is whether the creamy filling is white and delightsome. Nice. Right? Doesn't that's matter answer what, four. The Lord does not look on the outward appearance. He just, you know, looks on the creamy white feeling. Okay. Yes, he looks on the heart. Yeah. Not sure. I need to read official declaration, too, before I vote. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that covers it, Al. You probably haven't read that in a while. No, but well, I'll tell you that, that some of these uh, answers are reminiscent of responses I hear from BYU students on the Black Menaces. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> or is it the final answer? No way. Twinkies baked before 1978 were fence sitters and not ready to drive the car, but we left that behind years ago. <laughs> Oh man, I love that one. <laughs> Are they racist? I'm. Oh shoot. Uh. God, these are good. Um. Honestly, I'm going to say no. It's logically impossible for an inanimate object to be racist. Nah. You know what? I, I'm. I'm going with the last one. Okay, no way. Twinkies baked before yep. 1978's were fence sitters. The car, but don't worry, we left that behind years ago, right, yeah. Al? I okay. love that. Okay. <laughs> I'll bet you do. I I'll certainly bet do. You do. Okay, episode 12, Netflix Keeps Sweet Train Obey, episode 2, the LDS uh, tithing revamp, BYU approves an LGBTQ protest, and are Latter-day Saints disproportionately gay? So here's the poll that goes along with that. Can you read mm -hmm. us this poll? Absolutely. Why are most new LDS temples omitting the famous golden Moroni statues from their spires? Okay, so is it answer one? Uh, Moroni, he never consented to be an official LDS church representative. Remember, we're in the post-Me Too era. Okay. Consent is the church is really moving in a positive direction now. I mean, yeah. consent is very important, As, especially when it comes to you know angels. You gotta get consent from angels before putting their likeness on a temple. That's right. Or is it number two? Gold plating all the huge angel Moroni statues was putting a serious dent in the Enzyme Peak account. I doubt it because the uh, you know Enzyme Peak could probably buy them all in solid gold and still have left over. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some of these, yeah. <laughs> or is it number three? I have no idea because the answer is contained in the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. Yeah, we're going to have to go to Christopher Namelka for that one, aren't we? Yeah, uh, I wonder yeah. when we're going to get that sealed portion anyway. Uh, yeah. Number five, probably because Moroni was an ugly, godforsaken eyesore who never exactly who never actually existed in the first place. <laughs> I mean, he thinks okay. that's going to end up being a, prop, a popular answer. 
<laughs> or number five, because the word Moroni is way too close to the word Mormon, which is a major victory for Satan. That stands to reason. If yeah. Mormon is a major victory for Satan, Moroni would probably be a small victory for Satan. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So pretty similar. Yep. Or the final answer. Is it because when Moroni visited Joseph Smith beginning in 1823, the angel never wore his temple garments? Um, that's true, because he could see wide open into his robe and see his uh, man boobs hanging there. So. Yeah, see, he said he could see into his bosom and discern that he was wearing no other clothes other than a single garment robe. So when mm-hmm. Moroni visited Joseph Smith in 1823, he wasn't wearing his garments. So why would you put him on the top of a temple in which you get the garment of the holy priesthood? Makes no sense. That must have been a real memorable night for Joseph Smith. I'll tell you that. Okay, um... okay so what answer are you going with here? I'm, let's see, I'm going to think that uh, no idea because the answer is contained in the sealed portion okay. of the Book of Mormon. Probably it's in there, probably, Al. Yeah, Remember, probably. Yeah. one third of the Book of Mormon is what we have and two thirds is sealed. So there's still a lot of juicy stuff in there. Yes, there is. Okay. Uh, number 13, uh, we're, we're getting close here. We only got two more of these left to go here. Number 13, yeah. we had Greg from Quick Media on the show. We had yeah. Mormon No More miniseries episode one, LDS Temples Going Brown, LDS Church Sex Abuse, and Sex Abuse Class Action Lawsuit, and also Roe versus Wade. Can you read us the poll, Al? Yeah. Um, will BYU be banned from the NCAA for sexual orientation discrimination? Hmm. Okay. These are going to be some, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, do you want to give me the answers? Sure, yeah. What Answer number one. Yes! That's what happens when you let go of the iron rod and visit the great and spacious building. <laughs> or number two. No way. We're going to pray the gay away and it's not going to be a problem. Or is it number three? Uh, probably, because once Cosmo the Cougar came out of the closet, everything else went downhill from there. You know, as I recall, a couple of Cosmos have come out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> they, mean, they may need to screen those Cosmo guys a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. Or <laughs> heck no, I solemnly testify that God will never let his one true and living university lose NCAA affiliation. Yeah. Um I don't know if they'll be uh they'll be banned for sure, but I I think probably. Um and yeah, I don't I, I'm not gonna say heck no, never say never, and I I don't think that uh I don't know. I, I think that this could end up being something where the church finally decides that they'd rather, it's more important to them to, you know, have their, to stand by their beliefs rather than uh, have accreditation or, or oh, yeah. acceptance I, I of the agree. NCAA. Hmm? I, I agree. I agree. So which one do you think best represents your answer? I'm going to go with probably Okay. because I mean, Cosmo came out. Yeah, I mean, I think we can really trace a lot of things in the church to when Cosmo, the cougar, came out. I think every you look at the, the, the decrease in converts, you look at the retention rates, you look at the people going on missions, you look mm-hmm. at every every single statistic and metric, Al, it all started when mm-hmm. Cosmo came out of the closet, did it not? Absolutely. Yep. I mean, I mean, there's no refuting that. that the evidence is there. That's why okay. we're that's why we're having this conversation. <laughs> okay our final poll was in episode 14 which was our last episode which was yep. roe versus wade and advanced mormon eschatology and magic mushrooms cause lds church stagnation and how mormons are ta- sabotaging marriage and the family so can you read us this poll al sure can according to the podcast episode before elohim formed this earth he was probably an aborted miscarried or stillborn infant 
That's number one. Number one. He was mentally handicapped. Number two. Number two. A child who died before the age of eight. Hmm. A big-time Trump supporter, number four. <laughs> Obviously. Um, number five, white, straight, and sporting a seriously impressive beard. Yeah. Or number six, Adam, the only god with whom we have to do. According to Brigham Young, this will always be so. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> I like that last answer. That's, uh, yeah, if you ask I do Brigham like Young, that last answer. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask Brigham Young, we know exactly how he would vote. Uh-huh. Um, but according to that episode, I think we pretty well determined that uh, stati- statistically, um, the god of this earth, or Elohim, is uh, very likely to have been an aborted, miscarried, or stillborn fetus. Okay, very good, Al. Now, uh, we invite our listeners out there. The, we did a brief uh, history of the podcast of our first 14 episodes. Go take our yeah. polls. We didn't mm-hmm. get into it, but each on Spotify, each of ours also has an open-ended question where you can uh, send us a message that, asks, that, that we've asked also about the episode, and you can engage with us, us there or on any of our other platforms. Drop us a like. Drop us a subscription. Send this over to your friends. Um, we really appreciate, uh, uh, Al, I really appreciate you ruminating on with me on the great and spacious beehive mm-hmm. and we look forward to uh, our next episode next week where by the way we have uh, confirmed our uh, next week oh, we yeah. have a guest host on who has a popular uh, youtube account and oh. his youtube account is called mormon suicide wow yeah this is going to be an interesting person to meet i'm really excited about that Yes, he has a very popular YouTube channel and was some of the most interesting and, quite frankly, some of the weirdest things that you can possibly imagine. He's going to be a great yeah. addition to the program next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Great. Looking forward to it. All right. Are we ready to go? Let's. Uh, we will have our favorite uh, Weird Alma play us out with uh, his hit from Straight Outta Titles with Straight Outta in the title. When it comes to nicknames of the church, such as LDS Church, the Mormon Church, to remove the Lord's name from the Lord's Church is a major victory for Satan. 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 Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a being with no moral constraints. My number one goal is to hurt the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.